welcome back to Four and Toe Podcast, where moms can find encouragement on their journey through homeschooling. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and this is episode 20. I hope that you really enjoyed my mini series of homeschool influencers. I had a really great time interviewing each of those ladies that was willing to share their time with us. And this month, I'm sharing another mini series. It started because of a post that I'd put out on Instagram. When I originally was planning my homeschool influencer series, I was trying to get a hold of some well-known unschooling influencers. And I was very unsuccessful in contacting them. I had sent out several messages via Instagram and their websites, emails, everything but phone calls, and I was unable to get a hold of any of the homeschool influencers that use unschooling. So I just put it out there on my Instagram feed and said, hey, are there any unschoolers who'd be willing to be interviewed for my podcast? I had a slew of people message me and, and comment and say, yeah, I'd love to be on your show. I had so many people. I was like, all right sweet, I'm going to turn this into a mini series. And so you guys are about to experience a four week mini series on unschooling. This fascinated me. I will be honest, like this is not my way of homeschooling. I am too rigid or um, I love structure too much, I think. And planning is something I love doing. And so I, the idea of unschooling I mean, it terrifies all the moms who do it. They all said it, but it like super freaks me out, like anxiety ridden freaks me out. But I really enjoyed the perspective of each of these moms and actually one of the homeschool dads as well, as they were sharing their stories of how this works best for them. This is one thing that I really love about homeschooling is you have to find what works best for you. There's as many styles of homeschooling as there are personalities. I love that. I love that homeschooling is so diverse. There are as many types of homeschooling as there are types of personalities. If one style doesn't work for you, go find another style. So if last month's mini series, you listen through those and you're like, man, those all sound great, but they don't work for me. Take a listen to this unschooling method. And if you have been doing one of those styles that we talked about last month and you're like, man, none of this is working for me. Take a listen to these. And if you are like me and you've heard the name unschooling, but you're like, I don't understand it. Take a listen to the next four episodes. So make sure to like and subscribe to your podcast app of your choice and check out this episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Four and Toe. It's Elizabeth and I am joined today by Beth. Do not get us confused. (laughs) (laughs) Beth reached out to me, or rather our mutual friend Charity tagged us in an Instagram post uh, when I was looking for some unschooler homeschool moms to interview. And Beth said, sure, I'll be on a podcast. So uh, welcome, Beth. Thanks, Thanks so much for doing this with me. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Have you ever been interviewed on a podcast before? No, I haven't. It's my first time and I'm excited. Oh, very cool. Very cool. So you unschool your children. So how many children do you have um, and how how long have you been unschooling? We have four children. They are 12, 9, 5, and 3. Um, and we've been unschooling for, 
I think this is our seventh year. Sometimes it runs together, but I'm pretty sure this is our seventh year. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. So seventh year, which means you wouldn't have started. No. Well, 12. So my son went to kindergarten. Okay. And he, he completed kindergarten. And then the following year was when we started unschooling. Okay. All right. That's awesome. So I am on a journey of trying to understand what unschooling is because I myself was a homeschool kid. Me too. Awesome. (laughs) So more in the traditional route is how my parents did it. Um, Maybe a little bit of the Charlotte Mason route before that was really a buzzword because I'm a child of the 80s. Um, But I... Yeah. So now I'm I consider myself an eclectic homeschooler Mm -hmm. um, now that I'm homeschooling my four kids. But how would you define the unschooling educational method? Okay, so this is a it's really hard to narrow that down into like a sentence. But essentially unschooling that the unschooling approach doesn't believe that there is one body of knowledge that everybody needs to have and therefore we need to make sure that everybody has it so therefore we don't use curriculum with unschooling we live our lives and we embrace all the learning that is happening with everything that we're doing in daily life and sometimes that looks a lot like traditional learning quote and sometimes it doesn't but The unschooling method embraces all learning as equally valuable. And also, um, you know, there's a lot of emphasis, of course, on enriching your child's environment so that they are coming across things in life to to learn, again, Mm -hmm. quote. Um, But it's, you know, it's very, there's a lot of freedom, which can feel really scary. (laughs) And there's not a checklist. And there's not a typical, it is not typical, you know, everybody's unschooling journey looks different. Every child's unschooling journey looks different within the family. Um, And so um, in my experience, a lot of people are really interested in it, but also terrified by it. Sure. So there's that kind of an intro. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's great. So um, what state are you homeschooling in that I have? a Yeah, this is a multiple layered question. So we'll start there. <laughs> okay, we're in Texas. Okay. In Texas, you don't have to um, do any kind of state testing okay. or um, anything. I think Texas is one of the more free um, states with regards to homeschooling laws. Okay, yeah, that was my next question because we live in Pennsylvania and we have a few testing years. There's only like three years out of the child's homeschool that they have to test. And Uh then yearly though, we're, we are accountable to the school district. Yes. So I wasn't sure how that worked. Yeah. That doesn't apply to us, but I'm, you know, of course it's part of lots of unschooling groups that are, you know, nationwide or global or whatever. The different people will talk about how they approach that. And there are lots of strategies. Oh, that's great. I'm, if you're one of those people, contact me because I'm looking for you. (laughs) I mean, I just talk about that for a second. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd love to know how do you do that when you have a school district or when you're accountable to the government to comply with certain standards? So um, one of my favorite unschooling moms to follow is um, Sue Elvis and her blog is called Stories of an Unschooling Family. She also has a podcast of the same name and they are in Australia and in their state, they have every two years, they have a um, person 
that comes to their house from the district oh, wow. and assesses the children. And they get um, like a two-year permission or whatever to continue homeschooling. And that's how homeschooling works in their state. So what she does is she uses Evernote and she has lots of blog posts and podcasts about this, but she uses Evernote to create records of what the kids are doing. So she, you know, she has one notebook that is just ideas of options that they might be interested in trying or websites or books or anything. Um, and then she has other ones that are for each child and she even breaks it down by week because I think that's how they have to deliver their records. Um, and she plugs that in. So unschooling doesn't give a lot of, um, structure around subjects. So we don't talk about, and now we're doing math. Um, but she does plug that in behind the scenes to her Evernote notebooks so that you can see, you know, you can basically see what the child has been learning and that she's been doing that for, I mean, so her youngest child is, I think, 15 or 16, and she has seven. She has other seven oh, other wow. children, six other children besides her that she has homeschooled all these years. So, so that has been working well for wow. them. Yes. Wow. That's so. I am going to start doing that soon um, in order to uh, start creating transcripts for my oldest. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, you know, middle school technically now, but I'm going to start doing it here before too long so that for high school, we have transcripts for him. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So what does a day of school look like and what subjects do you focus on or how do you decide what fo- subjects to focus on in a given school day? Yeah. So this again is a, you know, it's, it's going to sound different coming from me than any other homeschooler because there's no typical day. Um, and the, we don't focus on subjects. So <laughs> what that means is that the one thing that we kind of have consistent across the board is that we have decided as a family to have family coffee time at eight 30 in the morning. Every nice. So it's really sweet. Some days it's like really sweet. We, you know, talk about what God's speaking to us. We read a verse. Sometimes it's just complete chaos and mayhem and, you know, anything <laughs> in between. Um, but we do that every morning or every weekday morning. But then we kind of all go off to do our thing. So this week I've had some polar opposite, you know, days. Like one day this week was just real sweet. I sat down and did like name recognition activities with my little two, um, you know, started working on some reading stuff with my five-year-old. You know, I think there was some number and math play that happened. I read aloud to everybody. People were like, it was people were getting along. We might've watched a documentary. I don't remember. It was just like, yes, it was like, Real sweet, lots of obvious learning yeah. occurring for every, I kept felt like I really connected with each child individually that day. It was just a really good day. Today, mm-hmm. I had to do like 10 minutes of deep breathing with my diffuser in my face before we got on this call. <laughs> I, I hear you there. <laughs> so today, I didn't feel like I connected with anyone. I felt like I was just pulling people apart and breaking up fights all day. Kids are watching YouTube and playing video games. And one child I actually took to work. I just drove to my husband's office and was like, here, yeah. <laughs> daddy at work today. Um, and so, so, yeah. And then other days we may go to the science museum or the art museum or some sort of typical, you know, field trippy kind of things. Mm-hmm. There's just, um, it, you know, I have some math manipulatives that we'll play with sometimes. I have, um, you know, 
letters that kids can trace, you know, that are learning mm -hmm. to write, um, and, and everything in between. So it, the, I think the difference for us maybe is that if we're doing something like tracing letters or practicing reading or whatever, we're only doing it because it was suggested, Hey, do you want to do this? Yeah, let's do that. And then we only do it until it's not fun anymore. And then we stop and then we just move on to something else. And it doesn't have to be something else educational. Mm -hmm. um, it can be, you know, whatever. Yeah. But the point is to try to be connected. <laughs> try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Try to be connected and engaged and observing what are they interested. Oh, like recently, um, my five-year-old, five-year-old, so into the human body brains, organs, bones. He was so excited at Halloween when there were skeletons everywhere. Oh, like he nice. it. So <laughs> I recent, so then we started watching, um, videos on YouTube of frog dissections. Oh, wow. So I, he was so into it. So I got on and I found a place where you can order dissection kits. So I ordered wow. a dissection kit and he was so excited about it. And so we dissected a frog and a perch. And now I have a dissection bin because it was like a collection right. of specimens that are formaldehyded. So they don't have to be refrigerated. They're just <laughs> in a bag in my laundry room. And we dissect, you know, we looked at the directions and we, we followed the directions a little bit, but we were dissecting a frog for the sheer joy of dissecting a frog. <laughs> and so we followed the directions until he wanted to, you know, slice into the leg muscles and see what those look like, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so we, you know, almost everything that we do, we do for the joy of it. Yeah. So there's no checklist. There's no, um, testing. There's no, um, you know, it's, it, it's all joy. That's awesome. How does that translate with your middle schooler? Cause I can understand hum uh, unschooling for the preschoolers up to like third grade, but now like I'm looking at a fourth grader at my house right now going, she needs to be challenged. Like she just, she, she gets bored and just sits there staring. But yeah. how does that, how does unschooling translate from middle schoolers and high schoolers even for that matter? But so it, there can be some, you know, sitting around being bored or sitting around watching YouTube videos. Um, I think I've heard, you know, obviously my oldest is 12, so I have not gone all the way through the process yet, but I've read a lot, listened to a lot of podcasts, you know, done a lot of research and listened to a lot of people's stories. And I think, you know, in elementary age, like you're saying, yes, you can almost, you could almost put a child right back into, you know, fourth grade or whatever, and they would be right where the other kids are, yeah, uh, having not done what they have done. Um, but in middle school, it can sort of seem like the middle schoolers are maybe a little quote behind um, whatever kids are doing in school because they're not being made to do that at home. So they can seem younger or maybe a little bit behind, but then what happens is, you know, in their young high school or high school, you know, everybody's different. Usually they start finding things or, or in middle school, they, usually they'll start finding something that they're really passionate about and they'll end up pouring a lot of time into that thing, hmm. whether it's, you know, drawing or science or math or cars or whatever it is. And, um, and they will end up becoming really focused usually on a couple of things. And maybe those things will even change, but they'll spend a lot of time. And if it comes to the point where they're like, okay, here is something that I would like to get a degree in. Well, then 
they'll, it'll be like, okay, well, if I'm going to go to college, here's what I'm going to have to do. Okay. I haven't learned X, Y, and Z that they're expecting me to know. So Mm -hmm. then they become motivated to learn that thing. And because they are 16, 17, 18, their brain development is such that they can just learn it very quickly. And their desire is there because there's something, you know, there's a prize in mind that they're trying to achieve. So there's a reason to learn it. And usually there's no trouble catching up. Although I don't I don't feel like catching up is the right phrase, but that's probably what people would think uh, as far as academics are concerned. So my middle schooler is really into cars right now. He watches a lot of videos about cars. He knows so much about cars (laughs) that I did not teach him. Um, and so that's a big passion for him. And also, you know, he's always loved to build things. He's always loved to create things and tinker on things. And so, um, you know, in different seasons that'll kind of look different, but whenever I feel like, Oh my gosh, he's doing nothing. If I, if I, (laughs) if I really hone in and spend time with him and observe what he is actually doing, Mm -hmm. there is a lot going on on the inside. It's just kind of internal and I'm not seeing it because it's not like something that you can show the grandparents like, Hey, look what Johnny did today, you know? Uh, But there's a lot of learning going. There's a lot of application of strategic thinking. There's a lot of, there's a lot of math. People are so concerned about math with unschooling. There's a lot of math, everything that you do. And in fact, so one of the things I really love about unschooling is that since kids are not, since unschooled kids are not made to sit down and do worksheets according to subject every single day, um, they're not forced to learn. They're not forced to um, be bored with subjects. They never develop these hatred, this hatred that most of us have for certain subjects. They don't think I'm bad at such and such, or Mm -hmm. I hate such and such. So the other day, for example, um, somebody was an adult, you know, in our life was asking one of my sons, you know, like, what are you learning in school? And, And what is your favorite subject? And he was like, I really love math. I'm really good at math, actually. And I was, <laughs> that's awesome. That's sweet. I wasn't there for the conversation, but she told me about it later. And so then I asked him about it. And he's like, yeah, I really like math. I'm pretty good at it. I'm like, you really are good at it. I'm so glad that that's your favorite. We can do some more math if you want to, you know? Um, so I may pull up, you know, Khan Academy or something and like find something interesting that we could do together that has to do with math or I may not, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like fly fishing, you know, you're like casting and kind of like seeing what sticks, like, would this be fun to do? If it's not, then I don't want us to do it because I don't want to kill that thing. I don't want to kill the joy of that thing. And for now, um, I've actually been really amazed at how my kids have picked up math. Um, they're, (laughs) they will, one, one day, a couple of years ago, we sat down, we were somewhere and my husband just started writing addition and subtraction problem, like, you know, multiple, um, what's the word? Like multiple digit. Yeah. Multiple digit addition and subtraction problems. We've never done worksheets with that. So they were, they were pretty young, maybe like nine and six or something anyway. And they were figuring it out. And I couldn't believe it. And the way that they were figuring out was with so much logic. It wasn't like the way we were taught to yeah. like go to each column, but they were getting them right. They were getting them right really quickly. And the way when we were asking them, like, how did you do that? It was <laughs> when they described it, it was with such logic. 
I was so impressed. I, wow. like, I did not teach you that. That's amazing. So anyway, that just goes to show that like math is everywhere. And, mm-hmm. and you are, you know, as long as you're in a rich environment, you're, you are going to be absorbing those things. Your brain is, is challenged to think in those ways and form those pathways. It just doesn't have to be from a worksheet. Sure. So. So what are your top resources for your kids then for unschooling? Do you, I mean, you, you're saying enriched environment. So um, what's in your house that enriches it? It's not just blank walls. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't know if our house itself is so enriching. I mean, we're always trying to find little things like we'll buy new games that might seem fun. We will, we always, um, we like to buy memberships to museums you know, okay. the science museum, the art museum. Um, we, I bought this thing called a Pogo pass and that they have in some cities where instead of a membership to one location, it's, it gets you like one or two entrances to like a dozen different places. Yes. We have those. So we're always trying to, yeah, go places and see new things and talk about them. Um, bringing in interesting things. We have a microscope that sometimes lives on our kitchen counter and we will just, yeah. you know, find dead bugs and put them under the microscope or, you know, all different kinds of things. It's really fun. Um, so just that kind of stuff. So if it, and and it's always like, this seems like it would be fun. It's not always, this seems educational. (laughs) It's, although what's really funny, we started homeschooling and that the next couple of Christmases, my kids kept getting all these educational gifts from family members. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, this is not a fun thing. What what are you doing? Um, so we have a lot of like science project books because apparently our family members were concerned about that. I don't know, <laughs> but maybe yeah. we would do a fun science project or so. We yeah. get um, a tinker crate from Kiwi. Yeah. Um, I've been looking at some other kinds of, I love that idea, the subscription box um, idea mm-hmm. of something coming in. That's just something fun that you can do and you can kind of see where it goes. So that kind of thing. That's awesome. And for you, what are some of your top suggestions or resources that you've already mentioned podcasts and blogs, books, like, could you name a few that are helpful for you in your journey as a homeschool mom? Being as a mom, yeah. Yeah. So my top two podcasts that I recommend to people all the time are Stories of an Unschooling Family, which is Sue Elvis, who's the Australian mom of eight, Um, and then... Uh, exploring unschooling. That's another podcast by Pam Larickia. And I believe her blog is also exploring unschooling.ca. And those two moms I love because um, their children are grown. So Sue's youngest is like 16. So she's still homeschooling her, but um, Pam's kids are, are grown. They're like almost my age. Okay. so they've been through all the phases and have had all the experiences. And I love, especially um, on the Exploring Unschooling podcast, she has a lot of um, Q&A episodes where people will write in their questions and she and two other um, veteran unschooling moms will answer them. And it's just so enlightening. And I've submitted questions before and they've answered them. And oh, cool. they are so wise and have such a good perspective. So I've learned, and then also she will interview, um, unschooling moms. So that's her podcast. So she interviews unschooling moms. Sometimes she interviews grown unschoolers. That's, those are some of my favorite episodes. Yeah. So you can hear their journeys and they're always fascinating. I heard one recently, uh, I mean, recently in the last six months of 
this guy That's who, recent for a mom of four kids. Yeah, it is, it is. <laughs> this guy who had, he's 26. He had never done any formal math at all until he was like 17 and decided he wanted to go to college. And then decides he loves it so much. He got into an engineering program and realized he didn't really love that so much, but he loved the math that he had to do to get there so much <laughs> that he ended up um, getting a degree in some kind of math. And, and now he's working on his PhD in math and wants to be a math professor. Wow. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> wow. Yeah. So just some really, really cool stories like that. So it's always really encouraging when you're like, my kid only wants to play Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> Where yeah. are we going here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, they, and so many of the time, those grown and unschoolers will say, I played a ton of video games growing up. A ton, a ton, a ton. I watched a ton of TV or whatever it was. Um, and so that's always uh, feels really good to yeah. the mom. <laughs> yes. So, okay, so stories of unschooling family, um, exploring unschooling are my favorite podcast. And then um, Peter Gray has a book called Free to Learn which his book is technically not about unschooling. It's about the Sudbury Valley school method, which is like unschooling in a school. So okay. like yeah. a group of kids together. It's like a private school, but it's the same concept. And he, he is a um, PhD. What is he? He's the psychologist maybe. Um, and so this was the path that he ended up choosing for his son, who I think now is also grown. Um, and so he explains scientifically. Um, I don't agree with all of his, you know, I'm a Christian. He's, he's not, um, but he explains this whole idea and this way of learning in a really scientific kind of way that is easy to understand for those that are just super skeptical. Um, that's a great book. And then Sandra Dodd, D O D D has a really exhaustive website um, full of all kinds of articles. And she has a book where she compiled a couple hundred or maybe of her most popular essays. And it's called the big book of unschooling. And that book has been really helpful for me. Um, And I can flip in its essays. So it's not like something you have to read in chronological order. So sometimes Mm -hmm. I will just like flip through it and just kind of read something. And it's uh, very helpful. So those would be some getting started resources. Um, And, my podcast ladies actually both have books as well. Okay. I have not read all of them, but I love all of the blog posts and podcasts that I've heard from them. So I'm sure that their books are fantastic as well. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. Thank you so much. I yeah. really appreciated this conversation. Uh, it was really enlightening for me. I really enjoy talking to homeschool moms about how we do it because everybody, like you say, everybody's journey is different. Everybody's different. Totally. <laughs> I researched for months and months and was like, this is crazy. I knew nobody who did anything like this. Yeah. And I sent uh, articles and stuff to my dad and was like, what do you think about this? Am I crazy? And he loved it too. My yeah. mom, not quite as much, but how were you homeschooled? I, we used like a Becca. Okay. Curriculum. And then in high school, we did a co-op. Okay. Mostly a co-op. And yeah, we were, we still had kind of a tailored education. Um, but, and, and we were kind of relaxed towards the end, especially, but it was, you know, like when we started homeschooling, she bought the whole Abeka curriculum yeah. for every subject. And that is what we did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I my mom did not pick and my mom picked and chose from the Abeka stuff, but we had we had books that we followed. We did the Saxon textbooks and we did yeah. 
uh, I don't remember what we did for grammar and language arts. Mom changed that like every other year or every yeah. year or every six I think months. my mom <laughs> felt really overwhelmed by all the options. So she just was like, this is what we're doing. I mean, we did get into Saxon and stuff as we got older, but yeah. Yeah. For, for when we were in elementary school, it was like straight Abeka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He was like, let's, we just need this to, cause I, homeschooling in general felt really, really like a big deal and overwhelming to her. So she just needed yeah. it to be as easy and cut and dry as it could be for herself. Yeah. So that, that was makes what sense. Worked. That makes sense. How many siblings do you have? Just one. Just one. Okay. Yeah. That's still hard <laughs> when you're not used yeah. to it and then you get thrown in. <laughs> yeah. And she never envisioned herself homes. I mean, it really was a big deal for her. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. I only have one other question. Thank you so much, Beth, for being on the episode today. Yeah, uh, this has been fun. Really appreciate you taking the time. If any of my listeners want to get a hold of you for any reason or want to talk with you, is there a way um, they can do that? I'm on Instagram and I talk about unschooling. It's not the only thing I talk about on Instagram, but it's one of the things that I talk about on, on Instagram and it's at Beth Dreyer, B-E-T-H-D-R-E-Y-E-R. So anyone can hop on there. And I have a lot of story highlights about unschooling. I have two, I have one story highlight that's totally full. And then I had to overlap and start another one. So, um, some good unschooling, uh, food for thought in there. And I have a blog, uh, which I don't think I have very many unschooling posts on that one, but I, for a hot minute, a couple of years ago, I started a, an unschooling blog, but I haven't posted to it in two years. So I'm kind of slowly like bringing some of those posts over. And that blog is freedomismessy.wordpress.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciated this conversation. Uh, It was really enlightening for me. I really enjoy talking to homeschool moms about how we do it because everybody, like you say, everybody's journey is different. Everybody's different. Totally. (laughs) Well, cool. Beth, it was great to meet you. And again, thank you. you. Glad we're connected. Yeah. And I'll be following you and liking you on Instagram. (laughs) I think I'm already following you, but I'll be liking everything you put up. (laughs) Well, good. It's always fun to meet new friends. Yes. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll see you around. I will for sure. Can't wait to hear the rest of your series. It'll be so fun. Yeah. Awesome. We'll see you later. Yeah. I really hope that you enjoyed that interview. I can't say it enough. I'm so enjoying these interviews, uh, talking with other homeschool moms. I think this is what I was born to do. If you want to follow Beth on her journey of unschooling, you can find her, like she said, on Instagram at Beth Dreyer. Make sure to pop on over there and let her know what you thought of this episode and how much it helped you. Give her a thank you for being part of this show. I would like to also just send out a thank you to you guys for being part of the show, for listening, subscribing. Thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, the outpouring that I've had from you, my listeners, of how much these this series has been helpful to you. I really appreciate it. Stay tuned in the next couple of weeks as these podcasts are coming out. I have a pretty exciting announcement to make. I'm going to be hosting my very first ever homeschool conference in Western Pennsylvania. So if you are somebody who would like to come to a foreign tow led homeschool conference, 
follow me on Instagram, follow me on Facebook and subscribe to the podcast. Details are coming together. So once I get stuff set, I'm going to share with you this exciting opportunity for you to come and be part of a homeschool conference that I'm going to be hosting in Western Pennsylvania. So stay tuned for that. This podcast comes to you thanks to my wonderful patrons at patreon.com. Listeners just like you can go to patreon.com backslash foreign toe podcast and can sponsor me to keep up this podcast. There are different levels of sponsorship that you can be at, and I've recently updated all of it. So you're going to want to check it out because one of the levels, if you sponsor me at $5 a month, you will get access to a new monthly bonus episode that I'm going to start putting out in February. Right now, it's just going to be monthly, but my goal is eventually to make it a bi-weekly bonus episode. So if you want to get in on that, head on over to patreon.com backslash foreign toe podcast and sponsor the show. One more thing, if you guys could help me out, I'm looking for a few reviews on my iTunes feed. A five-star review goes a long way in sharing what I'm doing with the general market. It's a small way that you can help and support what I'm doing without having to give a dollar. If you like what you hear and you've enjoyed this podcast so far, head on over to your podcast app and leave me a five-star review. Thanks. So until next time, have a great homeschool week and mama, you've got this.